Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to a special Screen Picks podcast. I'm your host, Phil Wallace, in our Screen Picks studios in Los Angeles. We are going to look at the nominees for the 94th Annual Academy Awards, a show that is yet to announce a host, but still promises to be exciting nonetheless. So many awards, so much to talk about. And joining me to talk about it all, we uh, first in our Burbank Satellite Studios, Kit Bowen. Kit, how are you doing? Good. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We've got uh, in Spokane, Washington, Joel Amos. Joel, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you very much. And also joining us in Burbank, we have Andrew Payne. Andrew, how are you doing this evening? I am doing great. Thanks for having me. Great, great. All right, let's take a look at uh, this year's awards and um, sort of the the big winner, at least with the nominations coming out. I don't know if it'll be the big winner on Oscar night. Was the Power of the Dog receiving? Um, uh, ten nominations, I believe, um, more nominations than any other film. A big uh, Oscars for Netflix. These could be the Netflix Oscars, potentially. Uh, potentially the first Oscar in which a streaming movie, I, I, I don't count No Mad Lands, a streaming movie. The, the first movie you know, made directly for streaming could, could win an Oscar here for Best Picture. Kit, is this shaping up to be, one, you know, we look back at, at the 2022 Oscars, a lot of times we look back at an Oscars and we say, oh, that movie just kind of ran the table and won everything. Other years, it's kind of a mishmash of different winners. And, you know, we've had some of those in recent years with su- surprise Best Picture winners. But is this shaping up to be just a power of the dog kind of night? Or, or is this going to be a, a night where we'll have a lot of different winners? What do you think? Um. <clears throat> I think it's that the Oscars has proven to be a little more um, spreading the wealth than they used to, you know. Uh, so I, I have a feeling there'll be a, you know, a few films that'll that'll win in different areas. Like I think Dune's going to win pretty much all the technical awards and, you know, that kind of thing. But I think Power of the Dark definitely has the front runner status at this point. So uh, Best Picture, Best Director seem to be fairly. Uh, in the lock there. Uh, I mean, I can't really see another film kind of beating it except for maybe, I don't know, I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, All right. you'll have to see Drive My Car, but, but I think Tyler Dark has it. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that soon. Yeah, Joel, is this is this going to be the Netflix Oscars, the streaming Oscars? Is this going to be the Oscars that is you know we're through the transition to streaming or what do you what do you make of kind of the the overall theme for the night well i one thing that struck me is that in the scope of of oscar quote-unquote season we're we're like in the first inning um i mean the end of of march is kind of pretty far away and a lot can happen between now and then uh uh, momentums can shift. Um, yes, I'd say momentum right now is with Power of the Dog, although I feel like, like we've talked on this podcast before, like the excitement level for that movie, I don't think is there. Like people are like, oh, Power of the Dog, that movie, oh, that movie. But like I'm getting that sense when people watch Coda. 
So, you know, it, I'm not sure Coda could win Best Picture, but I, I feel that 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 yes, this is this is a, a, a streaming year. It just it might not be Netflix. It might be Apple. Um, but you know, that being said, uh, I I think uh, it, it it's it's anyone's game at this point. Um, and and I think that there's going to be some ine- inevitable backlash uh, to to the power of the dog and in, in the sense that, you know, it really wasn't like that exciting of a movie. Not that we need an exciting movie, but it, it, we, we kind of, I feel like we honored that kind of movie last year. And, I, and I'm just hoping that they look beyond that. And, and, I, and I like power of the dog, but I just, I've been, this whole season, I'm just hoping that someone, anyone other than that movie wins. I don't know what it is yeah. I have against that movie. I just please somebody else other than that movie. Andrew, why do I have the feeling, and maybe I'm completely off with this, but you know, Power of the Dog, yes, it's the front runner for, for many of the top awards right now. Why do I have the feeling if this was a focused features film that went to theaters first instead of a Netflix first movie no one would be talking about it. It, it, would, it would be maybe a Best Picture nominee, but definitely on the bottom of the list. You know, why do I have a feeling that Netflix is the engine that, that's moving this um, in the front-runner status? Well, I think that there's certainly something to that, not just because of its reach and everybody's ability to see it, but I don't think people's ability to see movies has ever really doomed a movie's chances like the people who vote on it can see these movies they get the mailed to them they have screenings all the time i don't think that's as big of a deal but but certainly their marketing machine and how much their how much energy they're putting behind this movie um i think that for a couple years now they've, they've been on the precipice like roma almost won best picture a few years ago uh, the Irishman, of course, was a was a big time nominee across all the categories. It actually didn't end up winning anything, but it, it's still nominated <laughs> a lot of times. Um, so I think that they've been like on the precipice, and this is the next one for them. Where I just feel like they're feeling it, and they're like, "This is our shot." And I think it's just that marketing machine that um, that is going to get it in, but. I don't agree about the, the, the sort of like if this was like an A24 focused features movie that people wouldn't pay attention to it. And that's because of Jane Campion, just the, the auspices around it. You know, it's Jane Campion. It's, it's Benedict Cumberbatch. Like, this is a big, like, prestige film that I think any studio it probably would have been nominated for Best Picture. And if you look at the focused features movie that did get nominated, Belfast, it's kind of a similar thing. I mean, it's it's a big-time director with Kenneth Branagh, good actors with Judy Dench and um, Jamie Dornan and everybody. So I think that those movies, I think it would still have gotten nominated either way. Um, but I don't know if it would be quite the, I don't think it would be maybe a 12-nominee movie. I don't know if it would have be a Best Picture frontrunner right now. Um but I agree with Joel too. It's it's still very early. There have been plenty of front runners when we have a long gap between the nominees and and the and the ceremony that 
fall out of favor for whatever reason. I could certainly see this movie falling out of favor just because it is so kind of low energy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I still think that it would have been a, a big time Oscar contender no matter where it was. I, I am going to point out, thanks, Andrew, that Benedict Cumberbatch was in plenty of movies recently that didn't get any play. The, the Courier, no one, no one talks about The Courier. Um, the Electrical Life of Lewis Wayne, no one talks about that. He was also in the Mauritanian. Um, but anyway, let, let's look at the, the actual nominees for uh, Best Picture. Uh, so we have Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. I didn't actually write down what we all said it would be a few weeks ago. But I know that, Andrew, you had Drive My Car, which I think was the biggest surprise, um, foreign film getting nominated for Best Picture. Maybe this is something we'll see since we were guaranteed 10 nominees. You'll have um, some international voters who, who voted in, like, the Best Foreign Film. I, I don't know. I think Nightmare Alley was kind of the – the other quote unquote surprise and then the the snubs if you will no nomination for tick tick boom no nomination for the tragedy of Macbeth, nothing for being the ricardos nothing for the lost daughter or house of gucci which got a bunch of sag nominations but was kind of the big loser of the day so andrew i'll start with you since you had drive my car what, what do you what do you make of of these lists and the the, the snubs? Do you, do you like this list of best picture nominees? I mean, I like them as much as I can like a list of ten. <laughs> I think it, I think it should be five. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought Drive My Car would get nominated. Like, I think when you extend to ten, it was the best reviewed movie of the year, and. Now that we've extended to 10, like those like smaller critical darlings seem to get nominated pretty frequently. Um, I, I was I was a little surprised by Nightmare Alley, mostly because it hit streaming services um, a little late. And I felt like there was like no buzz for it at all. Um, so I don't know if people were like had that at the top of their screener pile, but it ended up sneaking in. I'm not as surprised with Tick, Tick, Boom, just because Netflix has two other movies in there with Don't Look Up and, and Power the Dog. It's hard for a studio to get that many nominees um, through the door. Like you see, like Warner has Dune and King Richard. Like, like to get three in, like, like seems like a lot. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think that this list is, is pretty much what we expected. There isn't anything... That, that really shocked me uh, on this list, that there wasn't anything that was like a major snub. Uh, you know, Tragedy of Macbeth a little bit, but I don't think that was like a big thing there. Um, and I know that a lot of people are talking about the fact that Spider-Man didn't get nominated. Um, and I think that there was like a Jimmy Kimmel tweet where he said something to the effect of like, Spider-Man was better than Don't Look Up. Why do we nominate Don't Look Up and not Spider-Man? And I don't know if there's going to be, like, a reckoning for things like that, where it's, like, good popcorn movies, or, or is it time to start to consider them against, like, um, some of these, like, 
not quite as good prestige films. Uh, I think that that's like an interesting, I think that's an interesting conversation that that's going to probably start to be had a little bit more often. Um, but other than that, I mean, this seems like what we were expecting. Yeah. Well, you know, you talked about, you know, movies that people saw. Yes. A lot of people saw Spider-Man, but a lot of people saw don't look up. I think it's the second most viewed movie in Netflix history. Yeah. So it seemed like everyone I, I know saw don't look up. Um, the one movie that, I really don't think belongs here is King Richard, but um, Joel, yeah, curious to know what what you make of this list. No Spider Man. Um, you get to ten, so you get Drive My Car in. I, I don't know if that's what the Academy intended, but that's what you have. What, what do you What do you think of this list? Well, it's interesting. I mean, I initially thought when they expanded to ten, it was to get the Dunes in there, to get the No Time to Die in there. Um, and I, I think we have a Dune and we've got uh, Nightmare Alley uh, because of, of the 10. Um, I was actually generally generally surprised that Tick, Tick, Boom didn't get in because um, I know when it first came out, yeah, I, I think some people were like, oh, my gosh, I think this thing could win. And, you know, obviously it can't because it's not even nominated. But I, I think what – you know, the point was made, and I think it's correctly so, that, that you know, you're only going to get so many bites at that wheel. And, and, and Netflix has already has two. And I, I think that it, you can't really push a, a third uh, without really going too far. Um, now, what's funny is I did, I, every year I do a, a snubs and surprises. And I noticed a lot of people had a snub for Spider-Man, and I just... I didn't put it in there. I couldn't bring myself to do it because I didn't know in what world would Spider-Man 3 essentially get nominated for Best Picture. I just, I didn't see a world where that existed. So to me, that was not a snub by a long Spider-Man, yeah. Right, our third, our third in this version, this incarnation. Um, yeah. So I just, I don't think, I, I, I just, I don't, I, I never thought that, that it had a chance at all. Um, it being a, a best picture. Uh, but, I mean, I think this is, uh, you know, a, a, a decent list. I think West Side Story, um, and I, don't, I don't want to say it snuck in there, but it kind of got in there, I think, based on uh, Steven Spielberg's coattails. Uh, they just announced that it's going to go to Apple or, or to a Disney Plus um, before voting. So uh, that that could that could that could turn things. I mean, who who, who knew? Um, but I I do agree about King Richard. I, I think uh, it it's it's not as good of a movie as it thinks it is. Um, yeah. But I still yeah I just you know it's a, it's a, it's a decent list, and 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 I think it's a, it's a list that reflects the year we had. Um, for better or worse, I'm not commenting on the year. It's just this that this, this is the year, um, and I am uh, glad that Andrew stuck with Drive My Car and and didn't totally listen to me. <laughs> and, and 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 the fact that you know I, I one would think they did not send out screeners, uh, but you know when when a movie is just that good. Uh, people seek it out, and I think that certainly was the case with that. Yeah. Um, Kit, 
Uh, I'll go over to you now. Curious to know what, what you make of this list. And then I also want to ask you if, if the power of the dog is not going to win Best Picture, what what will? What's what's knocking on the door? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, I think it's a pretty good list. I think it's like I think I agree with Joel. I think it's uh, it's uh, um, you know reflects kind of the year. Uh, it's it's got all. I think expanding it to ten does lend itself to put in something like Dune or you know Spider Man if someone were to say that. Uh, but also the smaller ones like Coda, you know. So um, let's hope you know that there's enough more pictures to to nominate them moving forward. We'll see. King Richard, certainly, I would have, if I were to pick another film uh, to go in there, I'm, I, you know, maybe Tick, Tick, Boom. Which would definitely better than King Richard, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But, you know, it was still a feel-good movie. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a solid, solid, solid list. Uh, but if Power of the Dog doesn't win, I guess, you know, like I said, I really don't know. I'm kind of blasé about it all this year. I <laughs> don't have strong feelings about anything, except for I loved Coda. I mean, I know it, it won't win, but I loved it. Um, See, and I, I don't also know. really liked Don't Look Up. <laughs> I don't think it will. You never know. I, I, I feel like this is another one of these years where I'm thinking with my heart, not with my head, but I just I feel like... You know, if they don't go with Power of the Dog, they could go with another streaming service that's offering, which is Coda. It's a feel-good movie. Like I said in the podcast last week or whenever we did it, it is a movie they absolutely can hold up 50 years from now and be proud that they gave it Best Picture. And I and I think of the 10 that were nominated, it, it fits that bill almost the most. But you know, maybe yep. I just live in dreamland because I want to. I want to live in a world where Coda wins Best Picture. <laughs> uh, Andrew, well, what do you think? If, if, if it's not Power of the Dog, who, who wins? <laughs> oh, it's, uh, you're gonna have to ask me that question again sometime. Uh, no, but it, it's it's still pretty rare for a movie not with no Best Director nomination to get nominated to win Best Picture. It has happened recently. I mean, Green Book and um, Argo, although a lot of, I mean, Argo was kind of weird because everybody didn't understand how Ben Affleck didn't get nominated for Best Director. He probably would have won it if he was nominated. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, Phil, you mentioned Belfast on the last podcast. It's just kind of hanging there. It could be, like I said, everybody's second or third choice. I mean, you wonder if, if Power of the Dog is going to be polarizing at all. The one thing with that movie, Power of the Dog, though, is that some of these movies that have been kind of polarizing for probably older members of the Academy in recent years, that's a, I mean, it's a Western, and it's like a Western. Like, it is 100% a Western. Um, so I think that that's probably still going to play well with, with older members of the Academy because it feels so familiar to them. Um I mean, I guess that's the front runner right now, but it'll be interesting to see how, like, the rest of the award season unfolds to see, like, who who ends up winning, uh, like, Critics' Choice and Producers Guild and BAFTAs and things like that, uh, to see if, if it maintains that momentum and becomes that surefire front runner, 
or if something else starts picking up some awards. But And I think we were talking about Don't Look Up at one point as a contender. It just seems like Netflix's entire energy is going to be thrown behind Power of the Dog. So that's going to be mm-hmm. like, you know, an afterthought in their in their Oscar campaign, I think. So I think that you can rule that one out. By the way, Andrew, four Westerns have won Best Picture. Um, you guys remember what they are? Unforgiven. Unforgiven. Um, Unforgiven, yeah, that was the one everyone thinks of. Um, no Country for Old Men counts, apparently. Uh, so does Dance okay. of the Wolves and uh, Cimarron, 1931. So, oh, uh, yeah. But there have been some Westerns nominated <laughs> in recent years. I would call... Uh, Hell or High Water or Western. Um, yep. What else? I don't know. True Grit got nominated. So. Uh, some other fun facts about, about the nominees for Best Picture. Uh, Kate Blanchett was in two not films nominated for Best Picture. Don't Look Up and Nightmare Alley. She becomes the first female actor in history to have credited roles in nine Best Picture nominated films, beating Olivia de Havilland's record of eight. So just a a fun wow. talk there. Um, yeah, I, I still think Belfast is, is sitting there and has a really good shot. So we're, we we shall see. Um, and I also don't care what anyone says, In the Heights was a better movie than West Side Story. So I'll say that, too, for the record. Um, let's move on. Uh, and you're wrong. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Really, uh, okay. Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Uh, and then, Andrew, you got this right as well. You know, they, lately this has been a trend where one foreign director seems to sneak in there as a surprise nominee. And this year it's uh, Ryusuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, the third Japanese director nominated uh, for Best Director, actually. Uh, then Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog, and Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. I think Steven Spielberg has now been nominated for Best Director in the for an Oscar in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. So incredible achievement for um, Steven Spielberg and his longevity. I think the big surprise here was, and Kit, I actually looked up this pronunciation ahead of time, Denis uh, Villeneuve. That's the correct pronunciation. Mm-hmm. He did not get nominated. Yeah. He got, the, he got a no, DJ nomination, a but he did not get an Oscar nomination for, for Dune, um, even though I thought he actually did a pretty good job of bringing that book to life. Um, some other snubs, if you will, on my snub list here, Guillermo del Toro for Nightmare Alley, Adam McKay for Don't Look Up, Joel Cohen for The Tragedy of Macbeth, and then for some reason this woman is on my snub list, uh, Julia Ducour now for a for Titan, which won um, the big award at, at Cannes. Um, so, Joel, I, I guess I'll, I'll start with you on Best Director. What, what do you think of this list? And um, Jane Campion, though, is kind of the, the talk here, the first woman to be nominated twice for Best Director, and it seems like she's in the driver's seat, right? Yeah, it, it's getting it's starting to get me to wonder about, you know, those times where Oscar splits director and picture. I mean, it, it used to happen. I forget when it changed, but it was like 70, 80% of the time, director and picture were the same. And then 
it seemed like they got away from that and 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 now it's kind of go either way and i'm wondering if this is a way to honor power of the dog without giving it best picture um is by giving it to her because of everything that it it says you know it's amazing story she's amazing uh, director um but like there's something that andrew said uh last time that really stuck with me and you know i've loved paul thomas anderson for years and he's just quietly doing his thing and i love what andrew said when he said you know how long are we going to say that he is one of our greatest directing storytellers without giving the guy a damn directing oscar and i don't think he'll get it here but it is you know of this list uh, to me i almost feel like he may be one of the most deserving um but it's interesting it also I feel like it, it can open the door to a discussion that I'm not hearing. And I'm wondering after, you know, those quote-unquote snubs in this category, like, do we open up the best director category to 10 spots now too? Because these 10 movies that are nominated for best picture weren't made in a vacuum. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting question, especially remember the year that, that Greta Gerwig got quote-unquote snubbed for Little yeah. Women? Um, and right. that was like just marred the whole show, even though I, I would argue time and again that Greta Gerwig did not deserve an Oscar nomination for that movie. Um, but it, there, there's, you know, this push to make sure we have, um, you know, diverse group of nominees, and so maybe by if you expand it to 10, that, that something like that might happen. But Regardless, Kit, um, are we going to have back-to-back winners of, of best director, female directors winning after, you know, only uh, watching um, uh, Catherine Bigelow be, be the only woman to have won before? Now, now you've got Chloe Zhao last year and, and Jean Campion this year. Is that is that where we're going? Um, certainly looks like it. I mean, uh, she she didn't win for the piano though, right? Right. No, she didn't. No, um, she was the first woman ever nominated uh, for the piano, but she did not right. win. Um, you know, I, I mean, it, it could she very well be, and of course, everyone. Ah, <laughs> and here they are paired again. Her nemesis, yeah, Steven yeah. Spielberg. Very, very different um, movies. Very. <laughs> It's like about that Annette Benning and uh, and Hillary Swank, right? <laughs> Remember? Didn't they come up against each other twice? And Hillary Swank won once and didn't she win twice? No, no, Hillary Swank won, anyway. won it both times. Right. Yeah, both but times. didn't Annette was nominated both times too, I think. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Um so yeah, no, I think Jane actually yeah. it does have a shot and Chris and everyone's gonna go, Oh look, see you in a director. I'll make a big deal about it, but you know it comes down to you know talent, and I I am very surprised Dune did not get nominated. I guess they felt like maybe Dune was uh, just made in the uh, special effects lab, but it wasn't. I'm sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean I, I Paul Thomas Anderson, he'll probably end up winning in for for screenplay. I think we talked about that last time. Uh, so he'll yeah. finally win a Oscar, but not the Oscar. 
but he'll be there again. <laughs> he, you know, he he continues to make amazing movies, and I I I, I find that he will probably end up winning for something that's probably one of his lesser films, but we'll still all love him anyway because he's Paul Thomas Anderson. I just watched Punch Drunk Love the other night, and I just, you know, I, he's so good. <laughs> that was yeah. such a good movie. Um, anyway, so. But, yeah, I, I think it's going to yeah. be two women in a row. I do. By the way, I was wrong. The first woman nominated for Best Director was Lena Wurzmuller for Seven Beauties in right. 1976, an Italian director. Then right. Jane Campion for The Piano. Other women nominated for Best Director, Sofia Coppola. For Lost in Translation, Catherine Bigelow, of course, won for The Hurt Locker. Greta Gerwig did get nominated for Lady Bird. And then last year we had two female nominees. We had, in addition to Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. So, um, But, Andrew, you, you nailed it with um, uh, Ryusuke Hamaguchi, um, third Japanese director. The other ones nominated, by the way, in case you're wondering, Akira Kurosawa for Ran back in 1985, and then Hiroshi Teshigahara in 1965 for Woman in the Dunes. But, Andrew, what do you make of this list and, and the fact that um, Villeneuve got, got snubbed for Hamaguchi? Yeah, I mean, Denny Villeneuve getting snubbed to me is just, I mean, it's just crazy. And and I think I texted everybody. It's it's starting to remind me of Christopher Nolan, who also only has one Best Director yeah. nomination. And is it that his movies are too mainstream? Like, I look at like, you know, he did Prisoners, Sicario, Arrival, Blade Runner, twenty forty nine, Dune. Only one okay. Best Director nomination for those five movies. He should have two or three. And it's similar yeah. to Nolan when you look at Dark Knight, Inception, Interstellar, Dunkirk, Tenet, Memento, The Prestige. Like, he could have three or four as well. So it, it's just really surprising to me to see him left out. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that Hamaguchi, in terms of the vote count, was probably fifth and Villeneuve was probably sixth. But to me, the person who I would leave out is, is Kenneth Branagh. I did not, that movie was, I found it to be very self-indulgent in the way that it was directed. It was like very much like, look at this amazing shot I'm setting up. Isn't this beautiful? Um, and it, it just, the, the storytelling aspect to me was lost in um, just like kind of how self-indulgent it got. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, that's probably who I would knock off the list. And then uh, just to, just to, again, touch on Paul Thomas Anderson, and I think I mentioned a really long list uh, last year when we were doing this podcast, but I just want to list three directors, three great American directors of the last 30 to 40 years. Paul Thomas Anderson, Quentin Tarantino, Spike Lee. Zero best director zero. Oscars between the three of them. Spike Lee's now won a screenplay Oscar and an honorary Oscar. Quentin Tarantino's won screenplay twice i think maybe three times yes i think just twice and twice. it looks like paul thomas anderson will win um will win screen will win screenplay this year but i mean come on like these are the best directors that it, like american directors to hit the scene in the last in the last however many years and it's just so crazy that they're all getting 
essentially the Stanley Kubrick treatment of everyone saying that's the best director, but we're not going to give him an Oscar. I mean, I guess the Alfred Hitchcock treatment too. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I just, and again, I'm not saying that Jane, I mean, Jane Campion is a hall of fame director, first ballot hall of fame director, and definitely deserves to win this year. That was, I mean, it wasn't a great story, but it was really, really well made. Um, so I don't want to take anything away from her, but it just, it's just wild that every time one of these, like, like one of those, like kind of big three, and, and there's probably a couple more that you could list come up that they just get beaten out by somebody who isn't necessarily somebody that we would consider on their level from like a career standpoint. Yeah. Um, Andrew, I, I got to disagree with you. I would definitely have kept in Kenneth Branagh. Maybe I'm the only one who liked that movie, but the one I would have taken out was Steven Spielberg. Um, and then I would have put in, put in Villeneuve over, over Spielberg. But that's, that's just me. By yeah, the way, this is the too, third actually. Best Director nomination for uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. He was previously nominated for There Will Be Blood and The Phantom Thread, meaning this is the first time that he's been nominated for Best Director for a movie that does not have Daniel Day-Lewis in it. I mean, isn't that that in and of itself pretty wild? I mean, <laughs> so he didn't get nominated for Boogie Nights or The Master or um, Magnolia. Yeah, or Magnolia. Magnolia. Like, it, it's just it's just weird. Like, I think everybody can, I mean, especially Boogie Nights. Like, I think people consider those yeah. modern classics and... Uh, yeah, he didn't get nominated for him. It's just, it's just very strange. Yeah, and then uh, just some other little stats. You know, last year we had the surprise nomination of Thomas Vinterberg for another round. The year before, uh, you had a foreign language director, Bong Joon-ho, who actually won for Parasite. The year before, you had uh, Pavel Pawlikowski get nominated for Cold War. That was kind of a surprise nominee. So uh, some foreign directors uh, getting nominated. Villeneuve did get nominated for arrival back in 2016 uh, for best director. So um, a lot of times it just has to do with the competition, but um, what else? I, I just want here? to point out I, really I quick that two people who got nominated over Paul Thomas Anderson for best director in 97. So James Cameron, Titanic. Yes. Van Zandt, Goodwill Hunting. Yes. Curtis Antonelli, Confidential. Yes. But Ada Bagoyan for the sweet year after, and Peter right. for the full Monty got nominated over him for those movies. It's just, oh my it's gosh. just <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that is the sweet hereafter. Um, but that was Sarah Pauly in a movie. And she, I don't think she's done a movie since that. It's so. actually a really good movie, <laughs> but yeah, not, not over. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on and talk about what I think is, is the most interesting acting race, uh, Best Actress. Um, very interesting race here. The nominees this year are, um, sort of pull up the nominees, uh, Jessica Chastain does get in for the eyes of Tammy Faye yep. Baker. Um, Olivia Coleman nominated for The Lost Daughter. Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. Remember I said they sometimes like to pick the, European woman in the European movie. So Penelope Cruz gets in for Parallel Mothers. Uh, Nicole Kidman nominated for Being the Ricardos. And Kristen Stewart, after being snubbed by the Stags, 
gets in as an Oscar nominee for Spencer, that means not nominated Lady Gaga for House of Gucci, which a lot of people thought would happen, Alana Haim for Licorice Pizza, snub, and I thought she was fantastic. Um, I did not see the movie Respect, but everyone I, I know who saw it is aghast that Jennifer Hudson didn't get nominated for that movie, a, a past Oscar winner yeah. in mind. It, you know, the Oscars are trying to be more diverse and, and to just not take the layup there with, with Jennifer Hudson, I, I don't know. And then two other names on the snub list I'm seeing. Uh, Renata Reinsby for The Worst Person in the World. I don't know if any of you guys saw that. The Norwegian film. And then Rachel mm-hmm. Zegler for West Side Story. I, I don't think that was a snub. But um, regardless, uh, who, who do you want? Joel, I'll start with you first. Um, really interesting category. Some interesting snubs here. Uh, I'm not even sure who the front runner is. What do you, what do you make of Best Actress? Uh, I think I think we've got ourselves uh, a horse race with this one. Um, I I really thought that Case Two was going to score that Oscar nod, even though it was starting to look like her chances were fading uh, quicker than some of her relationships. Um, sorry, I had to go there. Um, I <laughs> I think that um, you know this is a, a decent list, but you know the, the more I look at it, I think that Olivia Coleman's the front runner per se, but I'm, I could completely see a world where Penelope Cruz wins it, like for the very reasons that you laid out. And I shouldn't have underestimated how much the Academy loves Jessica Chastain. Um, Cause they, you know, they nominated her. I think they nominated her for Molly's game, which wasn't the best movie in the world, but um, they just really, really like her. And so, uh, and it was a it's a gutsy performance. I just was underwhelmed by the movie and her to some extent. Uh, again, I think Andrew Garfield was the best part of that movie. Um, so anyway, I I just it's it's a very interesting list. Um, I know uh, I, I mentioned it last time, but Kristen Stewart's on a massive press tour, um, and so far it's working. Um, and it's not showing any signs of slowing down uh, between now and when the voting ends. Um, so, you know, the the buzz for her may start to swing back her way like it did when the movie first came out. Yeah. Interesting. Well, you, you have three former winners nominated in this category. Um, Olivia Coleman obviously won for The, the Favorite. Penelope Cruz won Supporting Actress for Vicky Christina Barcelona back in the day, and Nicole Kidman won back in the day for, for the, the hours. Um, and then, by the way, I do want to point out, Jessica Chastain was actually snubbed for Molly's Game. Um, the uh, only time she had been previously nominated before was um, for Zero Dark Thirty. Um, but, you know, general, generally well-liked by the Academy. She will not be nominated, I guess, for the, the 355. Um, but uh, you have two first-time nominees here in, in – Stewart and um, and sorry, Stewart's the only first-time nominee, I should say. Um, but but Kit, what do you think? I mean, Olivia Coleman, they, they love her. She she you know a lot of Oscar voters are Emmy voters. She won the Emmy, kind of a surprise for The Crown this past year, which a lot of people thought would go to Emma Corrin. She's she's won for the favorite. Um, are, are they going to turn Olivia Coleman into like the British Frances McDormand? What's what's going on here? 
Um, you know what? She has a strong shot, although the film didn't really get a whole lot of uh, of uh, buzz, you know, for this. They didn't get get a lot of nominations, which is rightfully so because the movie is a little slow and plotting. Mm. She was, you know, she's she's That's the best Netflix part about movie. it. Maybe that helps. Uh, is it a Netflix movie? Yeah. I don't think yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a oh, it is? Movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, okay. Looking, anyway. um the poster right now. Right. I disagree with you a little bit, Joel. I thought Jessica Chastain was fantastic in Eyes of Tammy Faye. And here's why I think she actually might pull this out. Because you know how the Oscars love it when you change your looks, right? When you sing. <laughs> when you, you know, go step out of your comfort zone kind of thing. And although Nicole Kidman did change her looks a little bit, she didn't really step out of her comfort zone like she did with the hours, right? So that's my guess why, you know. So that's why I'm kind of leaning more towards Jessica Chastain, only because of all of those. I could be totally wrong, but I just feel like the Academy does love it when when their actresses do those kinds of things. So we'll see. But if Olivia Coleman wins, then I would absolutely agree with that because she, she did turn in a very amazing performance. Now, Kristen Stewart did a fine job as, as Princess Diana. I mean, honestly, that, that film was also very problematic. <laughs> but she, you know, carried it and stood out. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see Parallel Mothers. I have not seen it. I do love Penelope Cruz. I think she's, she, too, is not going to get a nomination for the 355. So there's that. Uh, oh, I forgot um, she was in that movie too. Yeah, so you have two women yeah. from that movie nominated. Yeah. Well, the movie came out in January, so it wasn't going to get nominated anyway. Anyway, but um, yeah, so yeah, look that's for next kind year. of my yeah, that's sort of my two cents. I think Jessica Chastain might win. Uh, by the way, Kenneth Branagh probably won't be helped by Death of the Nile, apparently. But um, no. Anyway, well, a- Andrew, it's funny. About a month ago. Everyone just said, oh, this is Kristen Stewart's uh, award. And um, then she she got snubbed for the SAG, and, and now we're, we're completely discounting her, but I, I don't know if we should. Um, in the meantime, Andrew, I, I don't know, no Elena, Alana Haim, no Jennifer Hudson, no Lady Gaga. I'm um, curious to know what, what you make of this list and who you think the favorite is. I was surprised a lot that Lady Gaga didn't get nominated not based on merit, but just based on reputation and and how much, um, you know, like sort of notoriety she got from that film. So I was surprised that, that, that she didn't get nominated. I really wanted Alana Haim to get nominated. I thought she was just fantastic in that movie. And for that to be, like, for her to have never acted before and, and that be her first movie, like, just she, she was really great in that movie. Um but yeah, I think that we're all trying to talk ourselves into this being a race, but I think Olivia Coleman is going to win. Like, you know what Olivia Coleman does? She wins awards. That's what she does. She's been doing it for like five years at this point. She wins Emmys. She wins Oscars. She wins BAFTAs. She just wins awards. And I think in a race where there's not like that clear front runner, um, like Renee Zellweger in Judy, which sounds hilarious in retrospect to talk about that as a clear uh-huh. front runner. Um, but without that, I, I think you would be somebody who just keeps winning awards. And I, and I think it's going to be Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman has only won one Oscar uh, and one Emmy. 
just just FYI. She's she was nominated last year for the father. So she's been nominated three of the last four years. The favorite, the father, the lost daughter. Um, and then she was nominated. Um, she was nominated for the night manager. She was nominated for Fleabag for the Emmys and nominated twice for the Crown and won one last year. But she's she's won three Golden Globes for, for what it's worth. But, oh, uh, maybe I'm thinking of the of the very well-respected Golden Globe Awards. <laughs> All right. I don't even know how we look at those anymore. But, um, <laughs> well, well, we'll see. I, I, I'm not making a pick yet, although, actually, if you, if you put a gun to my head and told me I had to pick someone right now, I would actually go with Nicole Kidman. So, but I, I may change my mind after the sags. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, all right, let's move on and talk about best actor. Um, the nominees here, Javier Bardem gets in for uh, Being the Ricardos, which uh, I want to point out you have um, this is only the, um, the second, the first time that two couples have been nominated uh, in the same year. So you have Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem nominated and then Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons nominated. Uh, but I'll get to those later. So anyway, Javier Bardem nominated for Being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith for King Richard, and Denzel Washington gets in for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Uh, Looking at the the quote-unquote snub list, I think maybe the biggest surprise on here is that Peter Dinklage did not get a nomination for Mm -hmm. Cyrano, but I I just feel like that movie came out a little too late. I don't know anyone who actually saw it, and and maybe that that had an impact. Um, But, you know, I don't know who we would have gotten in over. Hard to say no to Denzel Washington. Um, and then uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is on my snub list for Don't Look Up. We talked about him having a great performance, uh, a former winner, many-time nominee. Uh, then other people on my list are Nicolas Cage for Pig, uh, Bradley Cooper mm-hmm. for Nightmare Alley, and Joaquin Phoenix for Come On, Come On. Um, Andrew, I'll start with you. What do you make of, of the list? And are, are we just anointed Will Smith the winner? Yeah, I mean, I think yes on the Will Smith side. In terms of the list, I mean, it makes me feel insane. Like, I thought Javier Bardem, that was a bad performance in being the Ricardo. It's rare for me to say that, like, a good actor gives, like, a truly bad performance. I didn't believe him as Desi Arnaz. It didn't even seem like he was paying attention to, like, what was going on in the movie around him. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand. I do not understand how he got nominated for Best Actor. I just don't get it. Um, and I, I was surprised. I thought Leo was going to get in after he got nominated for a BAFTA with the power of, like, you know, the Netflix marketing machine behind him. And, and you know, Don't Look Up, like, the BAFTAs really love Don't Look Up. Been getting nominated kind of across the board. I was, I was surprised that he didn't get in, and especially with Javier Bardem. Um getting at him instead of him. I mean, I agree with Peter Dinklage. I just feel like, yeah, like if that movie had been released like three weeks earlier, maybe he would have been nominated. It, it almost feels like, it almost feels like it missed the qualifying period. Like it, like it feels like it just mm. came out today. Um, so yeah, I feel bad for him because I'm, I'm, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure he's great because he's always great in everything that he's in. Um, but, yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, this list is, I think, pretty much what we expected. Like you said, like, Denzel, can't go wrong with Denzel. 
and then Will, Benedict, Cumberbatch, and Garfield were locks. But, yeah, I think that, like, this is the Will Smith moment. It, it seems like since the trailers for this movie came out, everybody was like, oh, there you go. They're, they're going to give him an Oscar finally. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be tough. That. All right, interesting. Um, I do want to point out uh, Javier Bardem has been nominated. Uh, this is his third Oscar nomination. He was – sorry, his fourth Oscar nomination. He was nominated for Before Night Falls. In 2001, he was nominated for Beautiful, B-I-U-T-Full, in 2011, and then he won supporting for No Country for Old Men. That, that I would argue, was deserving. Um, but uh, this is actually the same uh, nominees as the SAGs, so no difference here between the SAG list and the, and the Oscar list. Um, and also, I just want to point out, the Will Smith, who's the favorite, um, his third nomination for an act as an actor, he was nominated for Ali back in 2002 in the pursuit of happiness in 2007. Um, interestingly enough, I'm looking at my list here. He was nominated for an Emmy for Cobra Kai as a producer. I did not realize that. Um, anyway, uh, Kid or Joel real, real quick. Any, any thoughts about best actor here? Um, I didn't really think how much of it. I thought what Dead yeah, Joel did. Um, and tragedy was 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 amazing. But I had an interesting conversation with my mother today, who is a a huge Shakespearean fan, and she thought he was completely miscast. Mm. And she went over all these reasons why, and that made such perfect sense um, that he was very different. Uh, he wasn't he wasn't the the Macbeth moved by Lady Macbeth that we've seen in the past. It just seemed like he just was going through the motions. And, and I'm like looking back on the movie and I'm like, oh my God, I think she's kind of right. But yeah. he's like royalty. He's like royalty. So, I mean, him doing Shakespeare in, in a Cohen movie, you, you got to nominate him. But after that conversation today, I'm thinking that, 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 that it's not just Javier Bardem that's maybe the weak link here. I think Denzel might be the weak link as well. And I thought that too about Javier. And like the scene, especially when he's playing Desi playing music, I was like, mm-hmm. there is so much footage out there of Desi Arnaz doing what he does with the bongos and singing. All you had to do was imitate that. And I don't know what you gave us, but it was not that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm looking here <laughs> at the list of um, Denzel Washington. He's been nominated one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine Oscar nominations as an actor for Denzel Washington. He's won twice. He won for Glory and Training Day, and then he was nominated for Cry Freedom, Malcolm X, The Hurricane, Flight, Fences. Remember, he was also nominated for Roman J. Israel Esquire. And now yes. um, the tragedy of Macbeth. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, all right, let's move on. Getting and, into, he seems to be getting into Meryl Streep territory where it's like, yes. if he's a yeah. movie that's like he's acting in it, but it's not like, you know, a popcorn movie or something like that, he's probably going to get nominated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's 67. Yep. I feel like he still has like five more of those left. So, <laughs> all right, let's. Move on and uh, talk about Best Supporting Actress. I think there were maybe a couple surprises here. Um, the nominees are Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter and 
you know, I mentioned in our last show about um, people nominated, two women nominated for the same character. We, we have that here with Olivia Coleman and Jesse Buckley nominated for the same character in the same year. Um, so uh, she gets nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Um, and then uh, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, playing Anita, the same role that um, Rita Moreno won for back in 1963. Uh, Judy Dench nominated for Belfast, a little bit of a surprise. Kirsten Dunst gets an Oscar nomination for the first time for The Power of the Dog. And Anjanu Ellis gets nominated for um, King Richard. So I'm looking at my... My snub list here, I think the biggest surprise, because we thought she was at least an early favorite, but definitely a, a nominee, Katrina Balf, uh not mm-hmm. nominated for Belfast. Ruth Nega snubbed for Passing. Ann Dowd snubbed for, for Mass, but uh, not a lot of people saw that movie. And then Marley Matlin for Coda. Some people thought she should have gotten in. I, I thought she was a one-part movie, but it didn't really fit. And then uh, Kate Blanchett for Nightmare Alley. Um, another one who's on the snub list. So, Kit, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, curious to know what you make of some of these snubs, and then is this just, are we anointing Ariana DeBose, the, the winner here? Well, I guess. Um, I mean, she seems to be the one getting the most momentum. Uh, I think that, um, you know, which is interesting, again, because they'll, they'll make a deal about, you know, winning that for that role i guess that role you play it you win an oscar <laughs> play anita and west side story you get an oscar um that's you know that's sort of my take on it but yeah no she was quite good and i you know i'm happy she's on the list uh jesse buckley was a bit of a surprise um but thinking back on it i think she's a fantastic actress and i'm glad to see her on the list and she actually did a great job in lost daughter i mean between the two of them, you know, you saw what this, who this woman was. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think it's, it's fitting that she got nominated. Um, I personally thought Judy Dench and Carrie and Hines were the best part of Belfast. So I'm glad that they both got nominated. I mean, it is Judy Dench after all. You're talking about Olivia Coleman being, you know, wins all the awards. Judy Dench, how many times has that woman been nominated? You want to look that one up, Phil? I'm, I'm look, looking it up. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to find it here. <laughs> Um, but I, I really did, you know, I, I am surprised that Katrina Bell didn't get nominated, but I'm also kind of not because I feel like Carrie and Hines and, uh, and Judy Dench were the standout acting, you know, uh, characters in, in that film. So, um, I'm really glad Anjanou Ellis got in there as well. I know we talked last time about, about her performance. I thought she was fantastic. Um, but yeah, I believe Ariana's probably going to be the one to, to take it. Um, Judy Dench has been nominated for eight Oscars. She was she won for Shakespeare in Love, uh, Best Supporting Actress. And honestly, she wasn't in that movie that much. But anyway, the, she she um, yeah, that's that's the that's the historical she, thing. She's in it for fifteen minutes. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, but she she was nominated for Mrs. Brown uh, in nineteen ninety seven. I mean, all of her nominees are. are nominations are fairly recent when you consider how long her career was, but she, she was nominated for Mrs. Brown, uh, Shakespeare in Love, Chocolat, Iris, Mrs. Henderson Presents, Notes on a Scandal, and Philomena uh, back in 2013. And then, you look, looking here, she was nominated for BAFTAs in the 60s and the 80s. And, 
and help her out. But um, Andrew, I'll, I'll go to you next. Uh, best supporting actress. A, a few clear snubs here, but I don't think it really changes the overall trajectory of the race. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, this has been kind of Ariana DeBose's to lose for a while. Um, yeah, the Judy Dench thing, I mean, it's weird to get surprised by Judy Dench, who has so many Oscar nominations like you just listed, but she hasn't really shown up in really any precursor awards, and Katrina Balfe has been consistently nominated in just about everything. I thought she was a lock to get nominated. So I was really surprised that, that it ended up being Judy Dench instead of her. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I mean, like the Ruth Nega thing, I think that, you know, people were expecting her to get in. Like, like that feels like a little bit of a snub. But, yeah, I feel like the lost daughter gained a lot of momentum, like the last couple weeks of the race. And Jesse Buckley was nominated for a BAFTA as well. Uh, so not, not that much of a surprise to see her get in. Like, yeah, the big surprise to me was Judy Dench because it just, it just seemed like it was going to be her co-star the whole way, and then she ends up getting snubbed. Yeah. Um, all right, Joel, any, any other thoughts here about Best Supporting Actress? Yeah, uh, real quick, I'm thrilled to see Jesse up there. I, I love her work. I, I mean, if you haven't seen Wild Rose, I, I cannot recommend that movie enough. Um, the other thing I was going to say is, you know, I talked earlier about people making movies or acting in a vacuum. And one thing I noticed is that there are couples like we got Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem both got nominated. And I would argue in terms of who deserves it per se, Anjanou Ellis or King Richard, like mm-hmm. it should be, if you're going to give it to Will Smith, then you need to give it to her too. Um, it just, to me, it's logic. Um, so that's just kind of my thought on this particular category. I don't think that's what's going to happen, but I, I think that uh, it should be her because Will Smith isn't isn't Richard without Alice. It's just I, I don't see how that happens. She wasn't in the movie that much, though. I mean, I don't know. I felt like more of the movie was him like arguing as coaches, but anyway. Um, all right, let's move on real quick. Um, Best Supporting Actor, the nominees here. Uh, I never pronounced this name right. Sierran Hines, is that right? Sierran Hines? Kyrian. Uh, Kyrian. 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 It's Kyrian. a hard K. Kyrian Hines. Kyrian. Hard K. Okay. Kyrian Hines for Belfast. Um, Troy Kotzer. For Coda, the first male deaf actor nominated for an Oscar. Uh, Jesse Plemons, probably the big surprise here. Um, and like I said, engaged to Christian Dunst in real life. Um, and then he gets nominated for Power of the Dog. J.K. Simmons gets a nomination. A little bit of a surprise here, maybe, for being the Ricardos. And then Cody Smith-McPhee, also nominated for uh, The Power of the Dog. I'll read here my, my quote-unquote snub list. Um Andrew, I know you've talked about this. Jamie Dornan for Belfast. Uh, Bradley Cooper, a lot of people thought he would get it. He got a SAG nomination for Licorice Pizza. Um, Michael Faith for West Side Story. Ben Affleck, some people thought he should have been nominated for The Tender Bar. And then he was nominated for a Razzie and a SAG for House of Gucci. Jared Leto, a past Oscar 
Um, Andrew, I know you have a lot of thoughts about uh, the Jared Leto snub, um, so I'll let you talk about that. But then at the end of the day, um, is this, again, are we just anointing Cody Smith-McPhee here? It's just so perfect to see Jared Leto get nominated for Razzie for that movie. Like, Yes. I don't know why he was ever a contender for an Oscar for that. Me either. Just like, why? Because he put on, like, makeup? Like, it made no sense. Um, So it's just, like, it's just such, like, poetic justice. He actually got nominated for two Razzies. He got nominated for Worst Supporting Actor and I think Worst On-Screen Couple for either, I think they said it was, like, for Jared Leto or his terrible accent or his terrible makeup or... Uh, like, like kind of take your pick, but that was, I mean, that just, I mean, that, that made me very happy. Um, yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> didn't get nominated, but I, I think as we, as we kind of said, like, was that really an Oscar worthy performance or was it too just like, you know, like 11, you know, dialing it all the way up to 11 scenes that were hilarious and great and, you know, we tip our cap to Bradley Cooper for giving us those couple of scenes, but I don't know right. that that's really like performance. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the one to me is I, I just thought Jamie Dornan was really terrific in, in Belfast. I thought he was great, and and I, I'm I wanted him to get nominated, um, but yeah, it, it just seemed as the season wore on that that it wasn't going to end up happening. I'm glad Kerry and Hines got in, but. Like supporting actress, I mean, like this feels over already. It, it just seems like Cody Smith McPhee is, is is the one to beat here. Yeah, Joel. I mean, rare for someone that young. He's only twenty five to win an Oscar. A male actor, you know, only twenty five to win an Oscar would make him one of the youngest winners. But it, it just just seems like it's his to lose. But what, what do you make of, of this list? Um, maybe a little bit of surprise with. Jesse Plemons and and maybe J.K. Simmons is kind of getting Oscar favorite status these days. You know, he won for Whiplash. Yeah. I, what do you think? I I always wonder when 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 you're dealing with an ensemble like Power of the Dog, like you know how they how certain people get left off, and and I feel like this was the year where people did not get left off. Um, and I think that you know J.K. Simmons was was a surprise for me, but. Um, I felt like looking back on that movie, he really earned that nomination in that second to last scene in the movie. Like when he's mm-hmm. talking he, that the things he has to say after the characterization he gave us over the course of the entire film um, really helped set us up for that last scene. And I feel like the only person who could have done that was J.K. Simmons. And so uh, I was thrilled that he got nominated, even though I was, and I, on, on the movie itself, um, I'm thrilled for Troy with Coda. I'd love to see him win, but yeah, I think this this has already been decided. All right, um, and Kit, any other thoughts here about Best Supporting Actor? Um, I was too surprised to see J.K. and and I'm happy to see him there. He he was also one of the better parts of that movie. I thought because um, I was sort of blase on the film overall. But yeah, Cody kind of blew me away. <laughs> Talk about the ending of a film. <laughs> Crap. Um, and, you know, 
he he's always kind of been that kind of sombery, geeky kind of kid actor, and you know, I I feel like this sort of captured a lot of his of his uh, you know, of his strengths as an actor, and and really shined a light on him. So I'm I'm excited for him, and I I definitely think he'll win. Although I did love Troy Kotzer too from Coda. I mean, you know, we all know that one scene on the back of the back the bed of the truck and asking her to yeah. sing the song for him. Oh my God, it ripped my yeah. heart out. Um, but it's nice to yeah. see him. And then when he it's actually nice verbalizes go, he says go. Oh, so good. Yeah, he was the best part of that film, other than he was one of the best parts of that film for sure. I, I just, yeah, absolutely. Just an aside, you, you have like kind of a grungy dad with long hair and he's, you know, he's, he's dirty from the right. fishing. You've got the grungy brother You've got she's kind of grungy too, and then you've got like Marley Matlin just looking absolutely stunning, <laughs> and it just right, it just didn't quite match. Like, why is Marley Matlin like looking absolutely stunning and beautiful um, in this family that's living in kind of a broken down house in a fishing village? I, I don't know. Um, it's the one thing that that bothered me, even though she's 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 obviously great. Um, all right, uh, real quick, just kind of any other nominations you guys want to want to point out um, uh, in any of the other categories? We we'll, we'll go through every single one when we get closer to the show. But uh, anything you guys want to point out at this point? Well, it's just interesting for best song, Encanto gets in there, but it's not the we don't talk about Bruno, which seems to be everyone's singing that right now. So that's kind of interesting. But that song didn't get nominated. Well, because they didn't yeah. submit it. Disney didn't submit it. Right. Well, but the other they, song, they, they, didn't, why have... they didn't, they submitted it before, like, oh. the movie came out. So they didn't realize how popular that song would be, which is just kind see, of dumb for the Academy to say, like, hey, you, let's, let's lock you in to, to, like, guess, you know, Let's not pick the most popular song of the year to be nominated for best song. It's, just, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I think. Okay. Um, I, I know I mentioned it in the previous show, and I I think I said that it wasn't going to happen, so I, I wasn't shocked. But I, I still I can still be ticked that the fact that um, there was no best cinematography uh, nomination for One Night in Soho. Um, mm, I mean last night. That that movie doesn't work without the cinematography. I mean, it's almost I hate when people say that the the town was like a character, like oh whatever. But it, it was like it was an extension of of the narrative was the visual. Um, and I just I don't get why you know Edgar Wright can't get taken seriously. But maybe he's a couple of films away. But um, that was kind of it for me and. Um, you know, there there were some people that were thinking that uh, Jay Z would get in for um, the song from The Harder They Fall, and you had another real life couple uh, performing live with Beyonce being nominated and Jay Z, but alas, that's not to be, and he's got his hands filled with the uh, Super Bowl halftime show, so he'll just have to uh, nurse his face that. with that. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, he'll, he'll, have to, he'll have to make do. Um, yeah. All right, well, we will we will 
in a in a few weeks go through every every single nominee for every single Oscar. So we'll we'll make sure we leave we leave no stone unturned. But as always, I do want to finish with um, um, the Razzies, which we briefly touched on on Jared Leto. Um, but the, the nominees for the the Razzies, I don't know if you guys saw the full list, but worst picture, the nominees here are Diana the Musical, um, which yeah. I think is a favorite. Um, Infinite, which uh, that Mark Wahlberg movie on Paramount Plus, that that got a nomination. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. um, a movie called Karen, which I, I hadn't heard of before, um, but that got nominated. Um, Space Jam: A New Legacy for the LeBron James oh. Space Jam movie, which I did hear was terrible, um, gets nominated. Uh, a chance for Maverick Carter to get a Razzie nomination, and then The Woman in the Window, which. Uh, it, also a nomination for, for Amy Adams for, for that, for worst actress. A couple years ago, and, and the movie was postponed because of COVID, I had predicted she would get a, an Oscar, actually win the Oscar for this, because she's someone who's been nominated a lot. This would be her breakthrough performance. And instead, she, she winds up with a, um, a worst actress. Her fault, that movie's that not movie, her fault. That movie was so bad, like it was. It is bad, but it's not her fault. <laughs> I don't think it was her well, fault. Well, it's not her fault, but I mean, it's not not her fault. There's probably a lot of people to blame for how bad that movie was. Oh my, no! Such I, a good I do book, want to though. Point out, I did not see Dear Evan Hansen, the movie. I did see the play, um, but this was one of these movies where every critic seemed to hate the movie, and it got shit on a lot by the by the Twitterati, which was like, oh, Ben Ben Platt is, is like too old to be playing Evan Hansen, but he won a Tony for that award, and I don't know, he's like that yeah. old, and he gets a, a Razzie nomination for Dear Evan Hansen. Was yeah. that fair? No, that's, mm, no, that's not I don't fair. think that's fair at all. Um, I mean, if we want to pass out Razzie nods for musicals that lost their way, uh, I, I'm not sure that music uh, Sia's movie with Kate Hudson oh, God. Um, and Leslie Oldham <laughs> Jr. If where 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 are the Razzie Didn't that get nominated yeah. for all the Razzies last year? Oh, is yeah. It's it's no, listed worst director, uh, worst actress, supporting actress. Okay. Yeah, I cleaned up at the Razzies last year. Okay. Oh, but it cool. did it, it, yeah, it lost yeah. best picture to the movie from the the My Pillow guy. Right. It, it, that's right. Yeah, last year actually, was a funky year. Proof from My Pillow. Yeah, that that one last year. Uh, but I, I did want to point out the, this new category that they added, which I think is just amazing, is the worst performance by Bruce Willis in a 2021 movie. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Willis made oh, eight Bruce. movies this year. Eight movies in 2021. He did. He made all, all kinds of shitty movies. Horrible. Horrible. What, what happened to Every Bruce Willis? Every single one of them. Was, I don't know what's his problem. What happened to Bruce Willis? He was, he was, he was, he was a really respected actor. I mean, actually, isn't not, there a thing with him that he's, that he's impossible to work with now? Yeah. Is he? I don't and I mean, like, like these movies, it's clear that he probably gets paid like a million bucks a pop and works about two days on each of them. 
Because he's in them, but like, and he's always billed as the star, but he's never the actual main character. Right. But anyway, I mean, I, I do kind. Of, I mean, I'm interested in Midnight in the Switchgrass, starring him yeah, and Megan a, Fox. That's good. That's a peach. That's a peach. Okay. It's kind of like he turned into <laughs> Nicholas Cage. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Right. Maybe he owes you a bunch of else, money. You know, what does a lot of those is now is John Cusack, which is also bizarre. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. But then yeah, that there's is, also yeah. looking here with stars where he's co-billed as a lead with Patrick Muldoon, best known as Jeff, who steals Kelly from Zach in Saved by the Bell. <laughs> I see here just a Small ton world. of direct direct-to-video movies for for Bruce Willis, but the, like the last legit movie he did was what Red Two, maybe. Yeah. G.I. Joe Retaliation. Yeah, I think good. so. I mean, the last legit um, thing he did was Glass, when he was in those, those, those diehard battery commercials with John McClane again. <laughs> um, all right. Oh, well, he was in Mother I don't know what happened. All right. I guess that was the last thing he was in. Um. I also want to point out, Amy Adams got a, a Razzie nomination for Dear Evan Hansen as well. So, um, did, did, any, did you guys see any of these these movies? I, I saw nominated. Dear I saw Evan Pay Dear Evan. Yeah. 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 I. I don't. I didn't. And, I, I and don't Woman in a Window. I saw that. Was, was it that bad? Or? Woman in a Window. Yeah, it was pretty bad. No, uh, <laughs> oh, no, I didn't um, think it was that I bad. It wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't that bad. It, it didn't warrant the hate, but there was a whole lot of hate. <laughs> whole lot of hate. Um, all right. Well, I think we'll we'll end it right there. So um, we'll we'll be back in a few weeks. Uh, we'll go over every award. We'll try to predict who, who will win. We'll help you win your Oscar pool. We always do such a great job in the pool ourselves, so listen to us. Yeah, always. But that'll do I it. I win every time. So, <laughs> so for Kid Poen, Joy, and Mosantropane, this is Phil Wallace signing off. Have a great night, everyone. Goodbye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.